This is Cartel Conversations, the Micro Model Railway Podcast with your hosts, Ian Holmes and Tom Conway. Hello everyone, Ian here. Welcome to episode 40 of Cartel Conversations, the podcast of the Micro-Roddle Railroad Cartel and the Micro-Model Railway Dispatch E-Zine. With me today is co-host and creator of the Micro-Model Railroad Cartel, Tom Conboy. Greetings, my friend. How are you today? Doing well, Ian. Good to talk to you again. We just did this a couple weeks ago and we had some technical issues with our recordings. That's why the episode 40 uh, this month's episode is uh, a bit behind i've been a little busy and then i sat down to edit it yesterday and found out our recording was not usable so we're going to try that again hello everyone and we're getting closer to the traditional start of the model railway season and uh, that means also the christmas season too which uh, maybe i'm getting a little ahead of myself but not really we're getting a lot closer so there you go <laughs> Well, well, for me, you know, the model railway season is never over and, well, I wouldn't have it any other way. But it looks like we've got quite a lot to talk about this time, including the outline of a new micro layout for me. So we had better get ahead of ourselves then. That sounds good. Right. The big news is that my 16 millimeter scale layout is finished and has a name. It's called Bontoft Sand Quarry. It's done. There is nothing more to do to it. Anything else is icing on the cake. You know, anything else is extra. It's uh, even been to a couple of shows, like one in Randolph, Minnesota, and then the Granite City train show in St. Cloud, Minnesota last week. So uh, we'll talk about the shows in a little bit. I've been working on my pizza layout, and I've gotten sidetracked with other things, and it looks like probably not going to make the contest. We've got, as counting today, we have 17 days left until the pizza layout challenge is the build time is over, and then that means December 1st, we'll start taking entries, and then on December 2nd, we'll run that for, oh, about a week or so. We'll run voting on that. And then we'll determine who our winner is about by the second week of December. 17 days left. And Ian, I just don't think I'm going to make it. I mean, unless something happens, uh, I'm at scenery stage. It could go pretty quick. But I've still got a lot of things to do on the horizon. And with Christmas time coming up, we've got some other things. I'm getting ready to take vacation next week. I'm not going Mm -hmm. anywhere. But I've already got, let's put it this way, my wife's already got things planned for us so nothing model railroad related so there you go so we'll see what happens but i'll oh see if i can my. sneak a few in but uh, don't forget uh, november 30th the last day december 1st well, i'll put out an official post for everybody to submit their entries we'll talk about where you can uh, find all that information here in just a moment ian i think you got a question for me yeah yeah i noticed that you started a pizza layout group on facebook i mean you know what's all that about a couple weeks ago and when we had originally recorded this uh, i was doing a search on facebook and noticed that there wasn't any groups for pizza layouts and you know i know it's pretty niche so i wasn't really expecting anything so i just went ahead and decided that uh, maybe it's time to set one up since we're doing the pizza challenge this year I went ahead and put a Facebook group together that got me kind of fired up. And actually, I'm still fired up. I've just been so busy with other things. I haven't been able to keep working on it. But uh, I do have an idea for a GN15 pizza and um, looking forward to using my rail bender 
once again for that project and that's something i'm planning on doing over the winter time so i've got some winter projects ready to go but anyway the new group it's not just reserved for micro layouts so i'm hoping to uh, get some uh, bigger layouts uh, of the uh, circular kind and so that's uh, the pizza layout that traditionally makes a pizza and i know we've kind of had some discussions on the group about you know definition we use for pizza and all and i've got all that information at the facebook group and i'll put a link in the show notes for this episode so if anybody's interested in joining i think we've got about 34 members right now I want to encourage you to come uh, read over what the group's about what we're doing there and if you have a pizza layout you'd like to share please do so and again it's it's not just concentrating on micros although a lot of them are micros. You know, micros are welcome. Hopefully everybody will check that out. Um, having just done a couple of shows with uh, my layout, Bontofts, um, I'm on a bit of a high from the feedback and the experience and the enjoyment. You know, and I always think at this time, it's a good time to have a discussion about exhibiting micros. You know, because one of the best ways to spread the word about micro layouts is to show interesting layouts that get people inspired to build something. I mean, and wouldn't you agree, Tom? Yes, I haven't displayed as much as you have, but I, I've been to a couple of shows and have displayed uh, my Wetterout Food Services micro. It's a lot of fun to meet people, to see the looks that people have. Uh, it's nice to get compliments. Uh, everybody likes a pat on the back, and so I, I don't knock that at all. You know, you don't have to have a huge basement to build a layout. You can do something that is of high quality, even a small footprint, that people will come and look at and really be enthused about it. And that's been in my experience anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do tend to go on and on and on about this. Um, this is my broken record thing, my uh, dog playing with a chew toy thing. Uh, I do go on about this, but yeah, I believe that the best way to get folks interested in a micro is to have working features. You know, I've done loaders, tippers and cranes, all with varying degrees of success in my layouts for like 20 years now you know and Bontofts is pretty much the culmination of these 20 years of designing working features I mean it has both loading and unloading of wagons I mean the layout really tells a story about the industry about the sand quarry industry it's it it's the operation of a real railway you know it it had in carl's words in the micro layout definition has a clear purpose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then the reactions the reactions to the public to working features is always fun you know and you get lots of different reactions you know i'm, I'm just putting a video well in fact it went live the video went live not much more than an hour ago so this uh, put a video post on my blog you know and as i was putting it together i was listening to the people's reactions in the background you know in the, in the audience and you can hear kids telling their parents to watch what happens you know and uh, and you get it the other way around as well as parents tell their kids to like um, pay attention to what's going on and one instance towards the end of the video you can hear a mother telling her child that the loading of the wagon that this is how their father's truck gets loaded so this child sees something on my layout and they can actually relate that to what their dad's doing at work neat, so, neat. Mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome you know 
so yeah people's reactions are always interesting and it's never the same twice you know i remember going to randolph like last year and uh with my british oak coal layout yes that was it yes i remember people's reactions were like were really excited there and then yeah but we went there this year and the first day at randolph the crowd was like lackluster Mm-hmm. It's like like overstating it, really. <laughs> you know? They just weren't interested in anything at all. You know, they would some people would just come up and look at the layout and uh, the locomotive would just be like moments from tipping the wagon at the tipping point and they would just walk away. They weren't interested. You know, so it was a, it was a very strange audience on the Saturday. But yet the second day, the audience was much more receptive, much more engaged. You just don't know what you're going to get with audiences. But as for St. Cloud, you know, I've been, I've been doing that show almost twice a year for like 20 years. You know, I'm I'm known there, you know. People remember the layouts and people are always very engaged and very interested in what I'm showing, you know, and that's very rewarding. You know, I get people coming up to me and they talk about layouts that I'd forgotten about. Yeah, wow. I, 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 turn, I turn up with a layout, a different layout nearly one every year, you know, and uh, yeah, they remember things that, that I'd forgotten about. You know, there's always the uh, the layouts that make an impression with me and really make an impression with the audience. People in St. Cloud still talk about the, the seven-day scrapyard layout. They oh, still yeah, talk, that's a good They still one. talk about that because that was, like, based on an industry in St. Cloud itself, you know. So yeah, that's that, a local that connection. Had, mm-hmm. There was a big local connection there, and so that was pretty cool. Ten years later, have people still talk about a layout. You know, that's, you know, that's really rewarding people are still talking about so that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool yes got a question for you do Uh you actually have people especially at your granite city train show that are actually coming there to see what's ian got this year do you have anybody that you know they're there because they just want to see what you've been up to i think so yeah and even even at randolph you know uh there was an American kid whose interest was like English trains. And because I took a English based layout there last year, he was there this year wanting to see what I would done. And yes, at St. Cloud, there are people who will come up to me. And yeah, they they always, they do want to see what I've done. Yeah, they, they certainly do. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, for our listeners out there, if you've never tried it, many train shows and exhibitions are, are very welcoming of the smaller layouts most here in the united states feature the bigger modular type layouts that way something smaller you know highly detailed gives that variety and i know in england especially most of the train show pictures that i see are usually small and micro layouts wish i had the means to be able to go to england to check those out because i think that would be wonderful so yeah last week two three weeks ago i went as a member of the public to uh the great train show at uh shakopee minnesota and all the layouts there were big layouts i mean they were fremo size they were like 20 feet long or whatever they were all big layouts yeah there certainly wasn't anything under 20 feet long you know it's 
this that's missing a huge space in the hobby you know and uh i'm, I'm gonna have to take a layout there and uh spread the word a bit more there you go sounds good as i mentioned earlier we're having our christmas micro layout challenge it's just about over we've got about three weeks left just a little under three weeks to go just want to encourage anybody who want to get a chance you can find out information about the contest it's over at the micro bottle railroad cartel facebook group just look at the very top of the page. There's a section called the Featured section. You'll find the rules up there for it. And you can also find it at the Micromodel Railroad Cartel blog page at mmrc.blogspot.com. And I'll have all this on the uh, episode uh, link there in the uh, Cartel Conversations blog page. Yeah, of course, right now I'm cursing the fact that I only just found a subject for a model the other day, leaving me no time to do anything at all. So. Yeah, I, I noticed that you had posted something about that, and I thought, man, that's too bad he didn't get inspired. But uh, <laughs> I just gotta wait. I just gotta wait for the uh, the inspiration to strike me, you know. So I did at one. I did find something that interested me, but uh, it's too late for that now. Yeah, not that you couldn't build it and share it on the pizza group. This and is you are true. The pizza I, group, so there you go. Well, yeah, I am for my sins. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, with that, I got one more question. I'm just curious. Maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but um, any thoughts about next year's challenge? I know that won't start till March, or are we going to have to wait till we get a little closer to March before we find out? Just kind of curious if you got something in mind for next year's. Oh, I, I most definitely have something in mind for the uh, Cartel Challenge next year. You know, because this year it was a toss up between these two ideas that I have. And oh. so uh, we've, we used the one idea this year. We will use the other idea the next year. All right. Just wetting everybody's so, appetite for that. But we still uh, got less than three <laughs> weeks. So uh, if you're ambitious yeah. and want to give it a try. You got 17 days. Uh, give her a go. See what you do. But uh, we'll have that information posted on December 1st for the contest entry. Hope to see a lot of entries this year. The Micro Model Railway Dispatch is the journal for those interested in the designing, building, and operating of micro model railway layouts. Released four times a year and full of inspirational layouts and articles, it's your gateway to the world of micro layouts. The dispatch is free and available for download from micromodelrailwaydispatch.com. There you can download the current and all back issues. You can also show your appreciation and support for the magazine's future through buymeacoffee.com. In addition, you can be placed on the mailing list to access the magazine early by contacting the editor at mmrdeditor at gmail.com. As you know, I spent a couple of weeks back home in the UK in September. And I got, this seems such a long time ago now, but, uh, you know, we've... Both of us have been busy with other things and then having to re-record this podcast. Um, well, this this is the first time we've had to talk about it, really. And, uh, well, I did see some interesting hobby related things while I was away. And, yeah, well, I 
did get rather inspired and uh, we will talk about that in a little bit you know we uh, first thing we did we we made a trip to the national railway museum in york i mean I, i've been going there since like a couple of weeks after it first opened in like 1975 something like that you know i was barely a teenager then but uh, so i've always gone to the national railway museum at york and uh, it's a place where you can always see something different because there's so much stuff there you don't always take everything in you know and there's one thing that i saw this year that i've seen before many times when i've gone and it's never really registered with me but situations change you know and some of you might remember that earlier in the year you know chris rennie at loco remote put out a seven eighths of an inch to the foot scale model of uh, the crew loco works pet and that on display at the National Railway Museum there in York. Yeah. And at the time the model came out, I mean, I thought about buying one because Chris Rennie does some brilliant kits. And yeah, I, I kind of like wanted it, but I managed to resist the temptation. You know. However, you know, seeing the real thing there made me wish that I bought one at the time, you know, and uh, I did mention it. On my Facebook page, I posted a picture of a pet there and uh, said, oh, I should have bought one of these off Chris Rennie back in March or whenever it was. And for blow me, the first person to reply wasn't Chris Rennie. And he said, I've still got one if you want it. So I now have Chris Rennie's kit of uh, pet. So uh, there's uh, plans for a uh, new micro in 7 8 scale. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit further because it's all related to the vacation it's all it's all falling together but if you're listening to this and you can't wait you can pause this now and check out the large scale modeling blog of mine small trains large scales.blogspot.com but really you should listen to the whole podcast in one go anyway wow what wow what what a shameless plug there but anyway (laughs) (laughs) anyway there was something else that really really amazed me there at the national railway museum it wasn't any of the big locomotives there in a side room so something that really amazed me there was uh something called the jp richard bequest i mean tucked away in a side room at the national railway museum there there was collection of locomotives um from 1944 to his death in like 1999 jp richards had a project to scratch build models of stock on the old london and northwestern railway in england and by the time of his passing he'd built uh, 42 locomotives 150 coaches and 420 wagons all that were like seen on the london northwestern railway and they're all there on show in several large cabinets in this side room it's utterly amazing display and i would think that this guy spent like uh what 45 55 years building these locomotives and coaches it's just incredible you know it's something that really needs a layout of some description to uh to run them on but i mean if anybody's going to the national model railway museum i recommend that they uh 
check out the uh, JP Richards bequest in the in the side room off the main hall. And I was very lucky to get two trips on the Festiniog railway this year. I mean, Festiniog is my favourite preserved railway of them all. You know, I've been going there since like I was like 11 years old and I've been a member of the society off and on since I was about 12, probably 12, 13 years old. I always love going there and my wife loves going to North Wales uh, and she enjoys a ride on the, the railway as well. So it's great that can we go on there. You know, one day we rode the whole length of the line from Porth Maddog to Blyna for Stineog in a good Welsh mountain rain. You know, we all got well and truly soaked waiting on the platform there and Blyna for Stineog ready to return to Port Maddock. So, but um, second time, we rode as far as Tanabulch, which is about halfway down the line. We rode a service called the Woodland Wanderer, and it's pretty amazing because it's basically a heritage train. You know, every item of the rolling stock on the train was at least 100 years old. You know, our coach, the coach that we rode on, was built in 1894. So that's what, 130 years, nearly 130 years old, you know. So it's not a smooth air-conditioned ride in a coach like that. But ah, it's so much fun to ride on that old stock. It's really great. So, But what really caught my attention on the Festiniog Railway was in the shop, you know, oh, how I wanted to buy one of those uh, 009 Cato Pico England locomotives like Prince or Princess or Welsh Pony or the Barkman Double Fairleys. I mean, they, these models are wonderful. And like 009 is a really exciting scale to be in right now with all these narrow gauge locomotives that are appearing. So, And these models were displayed on basically what were micro layouts you know one was a tuning fork and the other one was like a small oval that was really basically nothing more than like about 14 inches by 12 inches something like that and uh, if the locomotives had been running on that little layout i would have probably bought one i would would have found it impossible to resist <laughs> but uh, from a micro layout point of view it's interesting to see micro layouts non-functional as they were at the time you know i was interested to see them being used to sell products uh, there was another thing that i was really happy to see on another day that we we went to the conway valley railway museum in betty Coid and uh, we got to see the uh, famous collection of jack nelson london northwestern dioramas i mean i remember seeing these in model railway magazines in, in england as a child in the 1970s when I started in the hobbies. Yeah, he'd been working on these dioramas since the 1960s, I think. And some of them were like he actually used perspective in them. Yeah, and I think perspective is something that we don't see that we don't see used enough in uh, micro layouts, you know. But, uh, so, I mean, he was the master in his dioramas and uh, yeah, he would have like a three millimeter scale building at the front of the scene. And there would be like a scratch built. It would be like, I suppose right now it would be like about T gauge train on a viaduct in the background of the scene. And the perspective was just perfect. It was just wonderful, you know, and so I've coveted these dioramas for such a long time and 
to see them again was really nice. They really, really were inspiring. That isn't what inspired me to uh, my new micro project. You know, it's for the visit to Wales provided so much inspiration. You know, I'm sure people are probably thinking that, uh, oh, I'm sure Ian's going to build a slate quarry based micro layout. But um, no, no, even though we did pay a visit to the National Slate Museum in Llanberis and uh, oh, this the National Slate Museum in Llanberis marvellous place the admission admission is free there's a small car parking charge but the admission to the museum is free it's a, it's an amazing place i mean it's it's built in the uh, gilfach the workshops of the dinorig slate quarry but what fascinated me at the museum was the the foundry yeah and i mean i had thought you know that blast furnaces were like uh, Huge things beyond the scope of the average railway modeler. I mean, many of us will have seen like people with their basement filling empire style model steelworks on the back of their layouts with like huge blast furnaces and everything. And yeah, those are huge industrial blast furnaces. But you go back to like the 1880s and the early 1900s. A place like uh, the workshops there at Dinorig, I mean, they didn't need a big blast furnace. You know, they have these things called a cupola furnace. You know, the blast furnace was like a tube. It went up to roof height. It was no more than four feet in diameter. You know, it was like small. It was almost like lost in the vastness of the room. And this was the blast furnace. This was the point. This was the focal point of the room, but it was like so small. It was almost like lost in there, you know, and all around the room were like patterns and molds for the things that were that were made there. You know, they did, of course, make wagon wheels and uh, signs and uh, oh, the one thing that was really cool, made cast iron window frames there for the building. You've got the pattern for the cast iron window frame lent against the wall directly under the real window. So you can compare the pattern to the window. And I thought that was like really cool. This place was great. As soon as I got home, well, well, actually before I got home, you know, with jet lag being what it is, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and I was like, doing little bits of research when I couldn't sleep at like three o'clock in the morning. So, But when I got home, I started doing a lot of deeper research into the processes, you know. And uh, so now I think I have a pretty good idea for a micro layout based around a small iron foundry served by an 18-inch gauge railway. It's the culmination of like so many things I saw on vacation, you know, so... All in all, that trip back home was pretty inspirational. It sounds like it. So it'd be interesting to see what you come up with. So we'll be looking forward to that for sure. Got any other upcoming shows in the future? What about Train Fest this year? Uh, you know, I was actually trying to find out something about Train Fest for 2024 just the other day, as there wasn't one in 2023 i mean the 2022 show there was like over 20,000 people in attendance there so you'd think they'd uh, want to cash in on that that great attendance and have another show uh, right now the website says wait for further information 
mind you, the website also says that there would be an update in summer of 2023. And, well, now it's almost winter, so I guess we're just waiting. Oh, I didn't realize they were not holding train fest this year. Hopefully next year things will get back and... Uh... Sounds to me like maybe it's a venue issue or something that uh, they're having. Uh, I, I didn't hear anything. I, so. I heard, yeah, I heard some things, some mumblings on the grapevine that they were like looking for a new building, gotcha. new a new location. So I mean, okay. Well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. All right. But, uh, so, I think they, uh, I think they would be foolish not to have another one because, you know, like uh, twenty thousand people, ten thousand people a day. I mean, that's pretty good attendance for a train show. Are you um, having some initial plans to maybe go next year if they do have it? Yeah, I mean, if it's still going to be in Milwaukee, then I'm sure we would probably go out there. Yeah, because it was a lot of fun and uh, I would certainly be happy to go again. I think the wife had a good time as well. So, yeah, I'm sure we would go again. Nothing on the horizon for me. I actually had an opportunity last weekend, but uh, I've just been too busy with other things and didn't even attempt to make it. Uh, There's actually a train show next weekend in the greater St. Louis area. It's over actually in Collinsville, Illinois, just across the river. I might go over there, but uh, just going to be going to look for uh, supplies and and equipment. Uh, I'm not going to bother with displaying my layouts. It's a little too late to get ready for that. Mm -hmm. Anything else before we close? Um, Yeah, of course. It's Don't forget, we are getting close to December. It's soon going to be time for the winter issue of The Dispatch. So if anybody's got any wintry micros, please send them in. It's not too late yet. Going to be around the 20th. You should get the uh, issue to proofread hopefully in the first week in december all right so that's coming up real quick if you have any questions or comments please feel free to reach out to us you can contact us at one of the following you can email the show at microcartel at aol.com you can also leave a comment at the podcast blog page and you can find that at microcartel.blogspot.com if you're a facebook user be sure to join the cartel facebook group just search for the Micro Model Railroad Cartel. It is a private group, so you will have to join before viewing the group content. Please be sure to answer all three questions in order to join the cartel group. From Ian and myself, thank you for listening.